0: Chapter thirty seven of the Ocean Waves This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. This recording by Doug Fahardo The Ocean Waves by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter thirty seven an improvised life-preserver whether it should turn out to be the sea-chest of ben brace or no it appeared to be a chest of some sort and being of wood buoyantly floating on the water it promised to help in supporting the swimmers now so utterly exhausted as to be on the point of giving up and going to the bottom if the sailor had entertained any doubts as to the character of the object upon which they were advancing they were soon brought to an end it was a sea-chest his own to him of easy identification well knew he that close-fitting canvas cover which he himself had made for it rendered waterproof by a coat of blue paint well he knew he those hanging handles of strong senate he himself had plated and attached to it and, as if to provide against any possible dispute about the ownership of the chest, were the letters BB, the unmistakable initials of Ben Brace, painted conspicuously upon its side, just under the keyhole, with a fouled anchor beneath, with stars and other fantastic emblems scattered around, all testifying to the artistic skill of the owner of the kit. The first thought of the sailor on recognizing his chest was that some misfortune had happened to the raft, and that it had gone to pieces. Poor little William, said he, if that be so, then it be all over with him. This belief was of but short duration, and was followed by a reflection of a more pleasant kind. No, he exclaimed, contradicting his first hypothesis it can't be that what could a broke up the raft there's been no wind nor rough weather as could a done it ha i have it snowy tits williams did this he throw it over the chest in the hopes that it might help float us that's how it got here Huzzah for that brave boy let's cling on to the kit there may be hope for us yet this suggestion was superfluous for the idea of clinging to the kit was intuitive and had entered the minds of both swimmers on their first perceiving it it was with that view that they had simultaneously set themselves in motion and commenced swimming towards it the chest certainly offered an attractive object to men circumstanced as they were at that moment something more than a straw to be clutched at it was floating bottom downwards lid upwards just as it might have been placed opposite ben's own bunk in the forecastle of a frigate and it appeared to be kept steadily balanced in this position by the weight of some iron cleating along the bottom which acted as ballast otherwise the chest sat so high upon the water as to show that it must be either quite empty or nearly so for the senate handles at each end which were several inches below the level of the lid, hung quite clear above the surface. These handles offered the most salient points to seize upon, so tempting, too, that it was not necessary for the sailor to suggest that Snowball should lay hold of one, while he himself sought the support of the other. This arrangement appeared to offer itself tacitly to the instinct of each, and, upon arriving near the chest they swam to opposite ends and each laid hold of a handle as soon as he came within the proper distance to grasp it this kept the chest properly balanced and although the weight they added to it caused it to sink several inches in the water to their great joy its top still stood well above the surface even when the light form of lily Lei lay resting along the lid there were still several inches between the water-line and its upper edge the only place where sea-water could possibly find admission into the kit of the english sailor End of chapter thirty seven an improvised life-preserver